A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sex Talk with Tracy Cox. We're glad to be back. I have just landed back on solid ground after a seven-day Royal Caribbean cruise to Alaska. And we don't have time for me to kind of describe what I witnessed, but I will say that cruising is special and it's for special people. Let's not get sued here. You did name and shame. For special people, but we had honestly one of the best vacations I've ever had. I've never laughed more. I've never danced to the electric slide more. I've never seen things like I saw on that boat. But (laughs) off the boat, Alaska was exceptional. And I think everybody, if you have a chance to go see it, I will say they pulled us up to the glacier. They were like, woke us up and the the intercom came on and they were like, please go outside or go to your balcony to see the glacier. And it looked like a small piece of ice from a freezer. And I was like, global warming is real. (laughs) I was like, where the hell is the glacier? Where are the polar bears? Where are the penguins? Nothing. It was just like, a little bit of ice in the ocean. So I just want you all to know that. That's really sad. Was It was something, but I had a great time. I could not be happier to be back on solid ground. And I probably won't do a cruise for like another lifetime, but I actually had a wonderful time with my kids and we laughed and- Well, um, there you go. That's more important. Yeah, it was good. How about you? What have you been doing? Not cruising, just recovering, actually, recovering from all my many, many, many social engagements and sort of psyching up for the next lot. She's very popular. So trying to have some early nights. Anyway, I'm sure they're not really interested in that chit chat in the beginning. It's yes. just you and I chatting away, isn't it? Well, it's how, how else do we get into the things we have to talk about? You can't just say like, good morning. What about anal sex? Like we have to. How's your penis today? Yeah, we have to move in. Okay, let's get yeah. started. I, I love all the questions that people are asking and These are three really good ones that all apply to every person I know, actually. Okay, so let's get started. We're a married couple. I'm 35 and my wife is 32, and we love listening to your podcast. No kids yet. We enjoy sex, but only have it once a week. We try to do it more, but we're busy and it just never happens. We were talking about sex with a group of close friends, and they all said they have sex three times a week, minimum. It made us feel ashamed and like something's wrong, even though we're really happy with our sex life. What are your thoughts? I think what they're doing is they're making that classic mistake with which lots of couples do, where they're confusing frequency with satisfaction. 
because they are not the same thing. And I mean, we're all a bit guilty when somebody says, oh my God, we're at it all the time of thinking, oh wow, and feeling a bit like, oh God, I'm not. But it's often not the case because often when people, I would call three times a week quite a high amount of sex. And I bet you in most of those relationships, you've usually got one person who thinks it's great and another person who doesn't really want it that much. So don't assume that because someone's having lots of sex, both partners are happy, not true. And study after study has shown quality trumps frequency every single time. In fact, you know, if you're not having any sex at all, sure. If you're having really infrequent sex, sure, it's a factor. But I don't think I've ever seen a study, and I look at a lot of them, where it said, yep, the more you have sex, the better, or the more quality sex you have, the better. If you're having quality sex and it's once a week, once a month, three times a year, you still trump somebody who's having lots of sex, but then says, mm, I don't really enjoy it. So we need to really stop judging by frequency. And this couple, they're still having more sex than other married people by doing it once a week, even for their age, even for their age. So they shouldn't feel bad. And once a week is the magic number. Again, they've done loads and loads of studies. Now, we all know that sex is so good for you. It's good for your heart, your skin, for intimacy, connectivity, always hard to say. It makes you feel less stressed. It releases all the happy hormones. And they've done research to find out, well, how much sex do you have to have to get all those benefits once a week? They also did a thing about high relationship satisfaction and they did people who have sex once a week compared them to people who have sex more often they weren't any happier. It feels people who had sex less than once a week were a little bit less happy. So they're at, they've actually hit on the exact magic moment. And do you know what I loved about these two? I loved the fact that they listened to the podcast. I think it means that they're curious about sex, which is, and they're interested in it. And what I loved the most was the fact that that email was written as a joint email. So that says they're a team. They're not going to be one of those couples who go, well, my wife doesn't want it and it's her fault, or my husband doesn't does this and it's his fault. They're like looking at it together. And so I give them a five-star rating, quite frankly, and they've got nothing to worry about. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, that the other people are lying. Yeah. For sure, because I've lied about it. I mean, what do you do when you haven't had sex and you don't know someone? If you don't, you just say like, yeah, three times, bullshit. Nobody's, that, no one's having sex 12 times a month that is in a serious yeah. relationship. I mean, maybe they are. If they are, there's very few people and maybe that's what their whole relationship is built on. Or maybe that's like what one of them has to do. It's like an agreement or something. But nobody mm. in a real life relationship is having sex three times a week, every week all the time. So first Especially of all, around that age, because they haven't yeah, got any no. kids, but the rest of them would have kids, wouldn't they? Even when you're in a new relationship, you're not having sex 12 times oh. a month, maybe the first month or the second, yeah. whenever, but maybe up to the fourth month, even maybe after the fourth that, month, if you have time and you have nothing else going yeah. on. I mean, yes, <laughs> but yeah, I think they're awesome. I think this couple, first of all, that you guys talk about it once a week, once a week, good sex mm. in, in, in marriage you're you're basically like you're the gold medal winner. They are. And they're really happy, not just happy, really happy. Yeah, and don't ever feel ashamed. Feel so grateful that you guys are doing it in a way that you enjoy and then the rest of the time you're probably just hanging out and being great partners and I don't know. I think you guys are great. I would never I think that that is a lie. Maybe it's not. Maybe mm. people are really having sex 12 times a month, but we all know that they're not. So, 
They're not. I know they're not because well, I see all the figures and stuff. What people say, do you know what else is kind of a bit of a thing at the moment is hmm. for people to boast about not having sex. Oh, we haven't had sex for like ages, have we, darling? And it's almost like a big boast thing. And it's like, mm, okay, I don't know which is worse, actually. And you can see, again, because one person's probably like, oh, it's so lovely that we don't. And the other person's thinking, well, you think it's fine, but I actually don't. Typical. It's so hard. I was listening to Esther Perel on a podcast and she was talking about, and I always think about you and explaining just like how the U.S. is so closed down around talking about sex with our kids. And she was doing this part about how, you know, how do we talk to kids, sort of what we've discussed about mm. sex. And, you know, we're, we, we're not allowed to talk about sex. Our parents don't talk about it here in the States. Nobody says anything. We can't talk about porn. We can't ask about things. Everything's hush-hush. And then all of a sudden you get into a marriage and you're supposed to be able to talk about it and have this like healthy understanding of what you like and what you don't like. Like you're supposed to go from not knowing anything, mm -hmm. never talking about it. And then all of a sudden when you get married or you get into a relationship, you're supposed to just be this wild, free person. And you know, it sounds it like, work like that, does it? Thank God we're in the times that we're in where you can access very good non-judgmental sex information online Thank if you look Lord. at the right websites. But imagine when that didn't happen and all you had were your equally as clueless friends. Yeah. That was yeah, it. I know. So you guys are doing great. Actually, you should teach a class because you're you can feel it in your email that you all love each other, that your sex is great. And you know what? If you decide you want to have sex more, you should do that. And if you don't, who gives a damn? Exactly. Exactly. You're our favorite couple. Good for yes. you. They win the prize. T write in after you have children and tell me if you, keep the, <laughs> if you keep that flame alive. Okay. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Next question. I'm 35. I've had multiple relationships, but I have forever seen sex as a male-focused experience, never seeking pleasure for myself. My goodness, has your podcast made me change my thoughts about sex. I wish I had listened to this in my late teens. I have only ever orgasmed on my own, watching porn and using a clitoral vibrator. My aim is to orgasm with my partner of seven years, and you have given me the confidence to focus on this. I'm nervous that I won't be able to do this without porn. Do you have any tips on where to start? Certainly do. Certainly do. First up, can I just say that when you're trying to have an orgasm with your partner, please don't put pressure on yourself because that's the worst thing you can do. It's like, right, I must have an orgasm. It's never going to happen. So that's the first thing, which is kind of obvious, but people still do it. Now, first thing to say really is it will take longer for you to get excited and for you to orgasm because porn is such high visual stimulation and you, you, you've got an instant, you know, infinite variety of things to look at. And if that's, if you're very visually orientated or you've made yourself visually orientated by watching porn all the time, it is going to take longer to win, you know, to sort of get around. So, I mean, most people who watch porn, women included, three minutes, four minutes from 
turning on the computer or looking at your phone or whatever to actually having an orgasm. So it's quick. Partners actually lucky to have an orgasm. And if you do, it takes a while. And it's not all about the orgasm. We need to move away from chasing orgasms and make it about the journey. So, so don't panic if it takes longer. And as an aside, there are a hell of a lot of women out there who only ever have orgasms watching porn or fantasizing and using a vibrator. So don't attach any shame to that whatsoever. Now, what people did pre-porn, Kelsey, was that they used their imaginations <laughs> and they would create fantasies in their head, little erotic stories and things to play in their head while they're sleeping with the person that they've slept with 5,000 million hundred times to keep things nice and sort of perky. And this is your bridge to having sex with your partner. So first up, you don't need the porn in front of you to be watching porn in your head. So you can just close your eyes, go into yourself. You know, you don't have to be in the moment and all perky and talking and making eye contact. You can just go into your own private world and just recreate that fantasy in your head and play that, you know, favorite porn video or something or circumstance. If you have certain themes that you like, you can create fantasies around those themes. Lots of people think about a past hot sex session that they've had with their partner or someone else. So, and the other thing is you don't have to go cold turkey. You could do what we've talked about before and do audio porn where you have earplugs in, he goes down on you. Some men find that really hot. Or you could just have it playing and both of you listen to it, which is hot. You could read erotica to each other. So there's so many ways to, you know, you don't have to go, oh, my God, I'm just going to go from high stimulation to no stimulation and just look at my partner, and that's that. And the other thing, and I'm sure you've actually thought of this as well, I wonder whether it's the porn or it's the vibrator. So maybe it's not the porn that's making her not climax with the partner. It's the fact that she's finding it so much easier to have an orgasm with the vibrator. So just, you know, take it into bed with you. And if you, if you want to take it into bed, don't say to your partner, look, this is the only time I climax. Say, I find it easiest with a vibrator. And I'm just feeling a bit tired and stressed and not coming there, you know, not getting there tonight. So why don't we try the vibrator together? So it could be that it's not the porn and the overstimulation. It could be it's the vibrator. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. I wish we stopped thinking that having an orgasm was sex. Like that oh, would, no. and I feel like my whole marriage, I, that was the end goal. He had to have an orgasm. I had to have an orgasm. That's why I would have to fake sometimes because you had to, you wanted it to be over. So for it to be over, you had to have an orgasm. God, it would be so nice if we all just said, I'm going to connect with you physically. If that happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. There are times when you do, it can, it can have to do with where your cycle is. It can have to do with what you've dealt with for that day. I, of course, need music and darkness to have an orgasm. I mean, not as much now, but like I, I remember feeling like I couldn't have him looking at me. I had to kind of go away. Mm. So I think women, all, you know, we are torn between feeling like we have to be active participants in sex. But really for women to have an orgasm, you kind of need to float away from the experience and go inward. Me too. I'm like that. Yeah. Women are always taking care of people. So we're watching the man trying yes. to figure out what he's doing, what he's feeling, what does he want? And that's how we tend to our sexuality is by helping them. 
And so it's it takes practice to go like, I'm not going to worry about what he's feeling or what I'm doing to him. I'm just going to take the pleasure myself. But be you have selfish. to- Be selfish. Yeah. Be really selfish during sex. Women have to be. Right. We're so you, prone to that. You put that perfectly, that we're always looking after him. Or, yeah. And the you know, guys actually, guys say the things that most turns them on is seeing you turned on. So if you think about what's the thing a man would love most during sex would be that you would be enjoying it. Because I think if a man sees a woman that's really enjoying it, not faking it, or not that he can tell because we're freaking brilliant at it. But um, I think it's important to just, you know, try music, try to create something where your brain gets a little bit of a break. I do think I, I feel this way with all of my friends and myself, like you got to lay off the vibrator every now and then because it'll just it it's too quick and too easy. That's, you know, porn and porn and vibrators are so efficient that... Yep you lose the ability to go, oh, this could take 10, 20 minutes. And also it's just so fast that you forget that it is about the journey, not the destination. The arousal spills slowly. And when you're in that lovely arousal, but you, you know, you haven't, haven't quite orgasm, that's the best bit. Orgasm lasts, what, two minutes, couple of, you know, 60 seconds if yeah. you're lucky. Yeah. Can I just say something? Because it was quite interesting you were talking. I was just very conscious of us both saying man and woman, man and woman. And we did get one um, letter from a gay guy and he said, I really, really like the podcast, but I don't know how to apply it to my relationships. And and I was thinking about that. I was thinking a lot of the messaging you can, and we are guilty of going, but it's, I find it so tedious to be going they, them. Sorry, everybody, if I'm offending you by this, but it's so, you know, so when we talk about straight couples, it's often because straight couples are the ones with the most problems. And please write in anyone who's, you know, we, we've spoken to a few lesbians, haven't we? I think we appeal more to women, maybe. But yes, please write in with a question. And yeah, because then we can be more specific about it. But I think a lot of the messages do apply to whatever sexuality you are. So yeah. excuse us for saying man, woman all the time, but we, we are answering the question of the person who's written in. So, But I also think that in every relationship, there's a yin and a yang. There's normally yeah. a masculine energy and a feminine energy. There's a, a give and take. That's just how life works. There's light and dark. So even if you're in a gay relationship, there is there is a different dichotomy to those two people normally because that's what brought you together. Mm. And so one person has one side and the other person has the other. And so I think it- I'm definitely the man. You're definitely the man. And I was <laughs> I was definitely not. Oh, weren't you? No, but now I think I, I think I can switch a little bit. So I think for this works for gay couples or straight couples because there's always, normally there's balance in all relationships. So somebody really wants to do it and the other person's like, all right. Mm. It's just how it works. So- yeah, I just think that you give yourself a break and stop trying to think that having an orgasm is the end goal. Like once you let go of that, sex becomes really fun. And then all of a sudden you accidentally have orgasms because you're not worried about it. Exactly. So, okay. Good advice. Did I write this in for my, <laughs> my man? <laughs> I think I might have written it in. I wrote this in for sure. But I also, we had a different situation because he had to sleep at me a mask. But here we go. Last question. My husband snores so loudly. It makes sleep almost impossible for me. I've tried everything, earplugs, playing with white noise, trying to get him on his side. Nothing works. I feel resentful and irritable from lack of sleep. We have a spare room, and to me, the obvious solution is to sleep in separate rooms, but he won't hear of it. He says we will end up having sex even less than we do, and that will ruin our marriage. Is he right? I'd like to start. You start? First of all, there is nothing worse than not being able to sleep. Yep. There is nothing worse than a man that snores. And I need yep. all you men to hear this. This is not, we're not joking right now. This is all serious. women, anyone all who women, snores. Whoever is the snorer, 
you do not get to tell us you have you get to stay in bed. It is not right. We cannot sleep. I want you to imagine if you are the snorer, I want you to imagine right now that while you're sleeping, we are tapping you on your head, your shoulder, your back, and we are talking to you because that's how it feels. And the rage you have when your husband snores or whoever snores, it's you want to kill them. You want to kill them in their sleep. You're so tired. So just from oh, my experience. It's awful. I'm my with husband, you on every single thing. Yeah. My husband had a sleep apnea mask. So my by the grace of God, when he was in the NFL, they gave it to him the first year. I never had slept next to a man without a mask in my life because I met him when I was 19. He was 21 when he got his mask. Does it stop them snoring or what? Yes. It's the oh, greatest fabulous. gift. It's the greatest gift. We still had sex often. Not that I enjoyed it, but we still had sex often. And he had a face mask, like a Top Gun with tubing. And I was grateful for that face mask and tubing. It got, it was not a problem. If he snored, I would tell him to get the hell out of the room. I was not going to go leaving. I wasn't the one snoring. So I think you have to be very clear that it is unfair to not sleep. It's just, yes. it's, it's torture. So you can have sex and sleep in separate rooms. I don't understand why you, do you guys wake up every night in the middle of the night, just sleepy while he's snoring and just have sex real quick? Like that doesn't happen. So you're not going to not have sex. You're going to have sex at a scheduled time like every other married couple does. And mm -hmm. then once you're done with that wonderful hot sex that you guys have got, because now she doesn't hate you, you're going to go into the other room or she'll go into the other room. But this has to stop. This is not fair. That's mm -hmm. the end of my diatribe. I absolutely agree with every single thing. And I i mean, the opposite to what he says is going to happen is going to happen because you're having sex less and less because you're tired and you hate him. As Kelsey says, you feel angry and resentful. And especially if he's not agreeing to go in a separate room. I mean, I, lo I looked up lots of research on this and studies show that if you feel directly disrupted by your partner with snoring, restlessness, hogging the covers, you resent them not minutes after hours and hours Days. after waking. You logically know that it's not their fault, but a tired brain is not a logical brain. And I mean, we see people who sleep in separate beds as loveless, sexless relationships, but it's not the case at all. And there are stats on this. So 25% of people in the US, they sleep apart most nights. One in four UK couples sleep apart most nights. So it's happening more than you think. Of those people, 38% said it improved their relationship. That's high statistic. 34% had better sleep. Now, when we are well rested, again, studies show we're happier, we communicate better, we're more attractive, we're funnier, we're empathetic, right? Especially for women, good sleep increases desire and it increases sexual desire because it lowers stress and improves our mood. I mean, if you wake up after a terrible night's sleep, you're terrible all day long. You hate each other. Yeah. I mean, if you wake up and have a great night's sleep, you, you can have, you know, you can just have a great day. So it does reduce impulse sex where couples, young couples, I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. you know, go, right, we're in both in bed naked, let's have some sex. But for most established couples, this doesn't work. Sleeping separately, you'll avoid morning arguments. You will sleep, you know, we know that sleep positively impacts desire. As I said, no one wants sex when they're tired. It makes sex less available. And this is a good thing. 
So you can't just roll over. You have to make a sex date. You have to go, okay, right, we'll have sex, you know, on the weekend or we'll have sex in the morning. The lot, that's what lots of couples I know do. They've gone from having sex at night where they sort of felt like they had to, where his penis doesn't work half the time if he's been drinking or tired, and having sex in the morning when they're all fresh and feeling great and all yeah. happy. So it really does work. It makes you miss each other a little bit rather than waking up hating each other or hating them. And it makes you healthier. The better sleep you have, you know, the healthier you are. So I think tell all of your all of your husbands, tell your husband all of these things. And as Kelsey's sort of insinuating, it's not really his choice. Right. It's your choice. But he's not gonna he's gonna end up with more sex, not less sex. And I I mean, I don't it sounds like you've asked him to go in the other room, but I would just go ahead and make that spare room your room. And what Mm. I always did, if Nate didn't have his mask or I have friends that have it, you just, you can cuddle. And then once it's time to go to bed, you go to your own bed. There is nothing. I would say I miss sleeping with my husband more than anything. And I also love sleeping by myself more than anything. Yeah, It is a dream to have your own bed. And this we we didn't start sleeping together because we just loved each other so much. There wasn't enough room in the houses or beds. This is not because this was a brilliant idea that couples just were dying to be together. Wealthy people always, kings and queens did not share a bed. They slept in separate chambers. I mean, you slept together because there wasn't enough room. If you have room in your house to go get sleep, don't worry what he says. Get up out of the bed. And when he snores, go to the other bed. Mm. And forget about this whole entire discussion with him. And don't worry about it and say, forget about it. If you're not moving, I'm moving. I love you. You sound like a freight train. It's not happening. And then also, I love when people record it on their iPhone. Oh, no. <laughs> Wake up and really get a number on him and be like, would you Would you want to sleep next to this tornado? The mm. answer is no. Do you know, um, so I, I, Mars doesn't sleep so much now, but he just breathes and he heavy breathes. And that's enough. It's just like, can you stop breathing? That's when, that's when you know you've been married a long time. When you're like, <laughs> his breathing is really annoying me. But he doesn't mind if I, well, obviously, again, it's not up to him anyway. But if he really is deep breathing or snoring and I get up and go into the other room, actually, I make him get up. But he wouldn't like it if we made it formal. Whereas we've just had two friends over the weekend who have got separate rooms and they're like, come on now. And, and my little eyes are like, yes, please, can we do that? And his little eyes are like, no, I just love sleeping with her. Not oh, mom. yeah. I don't know that I can. I mean, I'll see. I'll let you know when I fall in love again. But I don't, I can't imagine. I sleep all the way across a Kyle King. Like I'm all the way, I use, I starfish the whole thing. And I, I sleep like I've never slept before. I mean, I'm so rested because I don't have anybody... I'm not too hot. I'm not too cold. So yeah, tell him it's a no for staying in the same bed. And so you go get in your in that spare bed. You make it fun. You you do your thing. Don't worry about what he says. And if he has a problem, have him call us. Exactly. That's a good note to end on. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys so much. We hope everybody's having a great summer and we will be here next week. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah. See you then. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextalkpod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.